Welcome, friends. Happy Friday. You're listening to the What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservatism here on News Talk 840 KXNT, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Sam Rajovsky uh, here at the What's Right Show studios in downtown Las Vegas. Look, the timing of this is, well, let me put this uh, just uh, as succinctly as I can. Suspicious. Trump facing more charges now, as revealed by Jack Smith, a special prosecutor that is uh, keen to uh, put Trump in federal prison. Uh, this is, by the way, hours after the Hunter Biden uh, deal falls apart in court. So just a mere hours after the federal judge reviewing the case against Hunter Biden discovers collusion between the prosecutors uh, on the case, the U.S. attorney in Delaware, the Justice Department working in cahoots with Hunter Biden's legal team to hide deep within an ancillary document provisions that would give, that would have given Hunter Biden blanket immunity and thus protecting the conspiracy between the Justice Department and Hunter Biden's legal team to make this whole thing go away so that, as I mentioned this yesterday on the show, so that Joe Biden is protected, but also, more importantly, that the Justice Department and the FBI, the entire Department of Justice, be shielded from further legal inquiries into how this Hunter Biden mess was handled, and specifically to the extent to which... The DOJ played defense for the Bidens in perhaps unlawful ways. So this uh, is why, in my view, timing uh, is not uh, coincidental, to hide that and to distract and to send a little laser pointer over to the other end of the room uh, for the news media to go follow something else and not look too closely or talk too much about what is going on with Hunter Biden, they drop these additional charges. What's going on? They're, they're basically, they're adding charges to the original indictment and they're adding another co-defendant. And what have I said from the start here? Every time that you hear Jack Smith whining about, or his anybody on his team, whining about how Trump is delaying this, that Trump is dragging this out, Every time they go into court, they make that argument to the judge. The defendant here, the defendants are dragging this out. We want a speedy trial. We don't want this in May 24. We want this now. We're ready to go. They they say this, but they're not ready to go. That's why you have a slow drip drip of additional charges. They cannot help themselves. Now, I'm looking at this as a lawyer, and I have a political analysis on it, and there's a legal analysis. The original case as filed against Trump, is a strong case. Unfortunately, it is. And if he really, if if, if these crazy Democrat anti-Trump prosecutors actually wanted a clean conviction of Donald J. Trump, then they would just stick stick with the original case and move it through as fast as they possibly could. They would, they would lean this down, go for the charges that are 
uh, most easy to prove, and and run with it. But it's not that, that's not their mission here. It's self-evident. They want to absolutely destroy Trump politically. That's their objective. That's why they want this thing to continue well into the 2024 election, into the primaries. They want to make political hay of Trump's re-election chances. And, and, and so, so look, is, is, it a, is it a quest for justice? I, I, the more I look at this, the more I can tell you absolutely not. So the additional count against Trump of willfully retaining national defense information is related to, and this is all we know about it, a presentation about military activity in another country. So they're charging him with holding onto a document they say he knew was highly sensitive after he left office, uh, but he returned it to the government in 2022. And that was before the FBI opened its criminal investigation. So funny enough, this is actually a charge for something that they're, they're saying, and, and you've heard the media over and over, if he had just turned it over to them, everything would have been fine. So here's an example of something he did turn over, he did return, and apparently that's not good enough for him. Now, prosecutors also added a third defendant in addition to Walt Nada and Trump. Uh, this is a gentleman named Carlos de Oliveira, who apparently uh, was had had worked to delete some surveillance video, some footage at the Mar-a-Lago Club in the summer of 2022. So, uh, the, the, look, the last week, the judge set the trial date to begin in May. May of 2024. You all know when Republican primaries are going to be all but over at that point. Now, it's going to be hard to keep that schedule with the new defendant coming in. You've got a whole new defendant. He's going to have his legal team. They're going to demand due process rights on their client's behalf. They're going to need time to review the case against him. They're going to need to make pretrial motions. Need to, they need to make exclusionary uh, motions for evidence to be kept out. The prosecutors keep expanding this original case and then complain about delays. That's... I'm just telling you, as a, as a lawyer, you can't keep expanding something and then, and then want it to be done faster. And you know the May 20, they're complaining about the May 24 trial date. They want it sooner. We'd, because, I'll tell you, because, of course, they want the appearance that they want it done sooner. Because they don't want this case, I mean, the, the argument, of course, is by placing these charges and pursuing these charges in the lead up to an election and waiting and waiting to drop these charges right before uh, charges are um, right before you've got another got a defendant coming in. You've got you right before the election. I mean, this is just nuts. Sorry, my brain here. It's Friday. It's been a long week. It's not it's not working as well as it was on Monday. Well, when did the raid happen? Robbie, when did the raid happen? The raid they, they, well, the FBI, we know the FBI opened its criminal investigation in, in, in March of 22. We know that. And so it was, it was, was it sometime, August, August in 22, they did the right. They had, they already knew, they knew what they knew by, by September. I guarantee it. You, so let's go September of 2022 to when do they file these charges? The middle of 23? Give me a break. 
It did not take them that long to get this thing done. They could have presented this to a grand jury within 60 days. Why did they wait? It's political from top to bottom. And now they're, they decide they have all this ready to go. They have these additional charges. They knew about this. When do they drop those additional charges? When do they release the superseding indictment? The same day as all of this mess and stink related to the DOJ comes out about Hunter Biden? You cannot tell me that this is a coincidence. I'm done believing anything's coincidental with these clowns. So that's that's the story right now. Now, Republicans are reacting, uh, prop, I think, appropriately with fury to the timing of this new Trump indictment, calling the DOJ's decision to pursue additional charges against President Trump as further evidence of politicization. And, and frankly, seeing that there's a degree of collusion between the special prosecutor who ought to be independent and act independently of his, technically, his employers at the Department of Justice, but seemingly is not doing that and is is acting uh, and is colluding with them in order to, well, in order to certainly protect Hunter Biden uh, and, and Joe Biden and, 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 the, and the FBI and the Department of Justice. Senator Josh Hawley, Republican Missouri, responded to the timing of Trump's charges last night on Fox News with Laura Ingram and said this. Yeah, now, Laura, we're down to charging like random people, just throwing those into the indictments. Is it any coincidence that the DOJ rushes to add these new indictments today after the Hunter debacle, after their own self-dealing and two-timing is exposed, after they tried to hide from us the true extent of this plea deal, that gets blown up, and then it's like, oh, we got to go indict Trump on something else. I mean, it's so brazen right now what they're doing. It is really a subversion of the rule of law. I mean, they're taking the rule of law, turning it on its head, and Lord, we just we cannot allow this to stand. The American people are not going to be safe. Our rule of our, our, our system of government is not going to be safe if this is going to be the new standard. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis uh, has indictments, we believe, ready to go in the first two weeks of August. Expect that here um, soon, since we're already here at the end of July. And in October, the civil trial in New York State Court uh, where Trump um, is getting sued. The Trump and Trump organization is getting sued by Letitia James. That's a civil trial. And then, of course, March, you've got the New York hush money case, Stormy Daniels case, which is a total joke of a case. All because, I guess, you know, we get a little, you know, managing some embarrassment, personal embarrassment, and, of course, campaign embarrassment to Donald Trump in the run-up to the 2020 election. Sam Marjofsky here. Be back in just a moment. I'll have more on this and reactions. And the defenses, by the way, the Democrats out there still defending Hunter Biden. And the Bi- they're still carrying water for this clown. Unbelievable. You're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Folks, I'll be back in a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Here's a story out of Texas. I need to share this with you folks real fast. 
Uh, you're listening to the What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservatism, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam Rajovsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. That is me. And I have been doing a lot of talking this week, so forgive me. My voice is a bit on the fritz. Nonetheless, great story in Texas. The headline of it is misleading. Man tracks down and kills alleged car thief. Gets shot himself in mall gunfire chaos. Now, I tweeted this out today at What's Right Sam is my Twitter handle, and I I wrote imagine something to the effect of imagine a world where criminals feared their victims. Now, I want to come back to that in just one second because that's what, by the way, that's a world I want to live in. I mean, I'm just, I think right now the problem that we have is there is not enough disincentive to commit most crimes. With the exception of premeditated murder, overwhelmingly people are getting away with stuff, particularly property crimes. I mean, there's brazenly stealing things. They're doing it in California. They're doing it even here in Las Vegas. I am. I heard a story yesterday about a guy with a backpack walked into a Walgreens. This is a friend of mine telling me this. this what he witnessed. Walgreens uh, here, uh, not a Walgreens. Excuse me, a CVS here in town. And it was. And it was a guy just walks in with a backpack and starts collecting. So he goes, "Hey," says to the clerk, "Hey, look at that! Like there's a guy literally picking stuff up. He's not going to pay for any of it. He's like, ah, we can't do. We're not. We're told we can't do anything." I don't know if that's true. I kind of assumed here in Las Vegas, the if there's a robbery in progress like that, theft in progress, the cops are going to show up. And Metro generally does. So I don't know what that was all about. Nonetheless, the, the, the seeming unto, untouchable nature of criminals is a problem. And it leads to people, it leads to people losing confidence in the system. This is why I think you have a law-abiding citizen who had a tracking device in his car, whatever it was, was able to track his vehicle, saw a man and a woman in the vehicle, and he pulls out his, I believe it was lawfully carrying a firearm himself, and pulls out a, a, a gun and says, orders these crooks to get out of thieves to get out of his car. They do that, they get on the curb, they sit down there when the male car thief pulls out a gun and shoots the lawful owner of the vehicle, at which point the lawful owner shoots him and kills him and he's, uh, the, the good guy's wounded and the bad guy's dead. Ask me now how bad I feel for the dead guy. Literally, I don't care, I'm happy about how this situation unfolded. Now, the San Antonio police chief who was commenting on this, his name is William McManus, said that uh, it appears that this is a, a defensible shooting, right, that this is a, a self-defense shooting. Uh, so it seems that the police are not, this is Texas, right, San Antonio. They're not, you know. The owner of the stolen vehicle certainly has the right to track down his stolen vehicle. Now, we would prefer that they call the police before taking that into your own hands, but he did what he felt he needed to do. The dead thief's brother, this POS human being's brother, challenged the car owner's supposed rights to chase him down. 
The victim was my brother. No, 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 sir, you have this wrong. The victim is not your thieving, degenerate brother. There are not two sides to every story. His name is Jose Garcia. Wrongo, my friend. Whether my brother was right or wrong, he had a gun pointed. No, whether or not your brother, your brother was wrong, not whether or not he was. The minute that you walk into my house, break into my house, I should say, or or steal or anything, you're you're not on the right side of the law. Now, if he had shot him dead and the guy was unarmed, we'd be having a different conversation, obviously. But to then pull a gun on the person who's merely trying to wait, uh, literally affecting a citizen's arrest and holding you in order for police to come to the scene and collect you and, and take you to jail, no. And here in Nevada, I know we're still, some of us like the Wild West nature of our city, though that is uh, our state uh, that's changing a little bit as more Californians and city folk come in to our midst. I remember you know, reading all the my, my favorite you know books about cowboys and, and, and listening to old-time radio programs, you know, The Six Shooter, Jimmy Stewart, that kind of stuff. And I, I mean, I know what they did to horse thieves back in the Wild West days. It was, you know, it, it was not pretty. You steal a horse, uh, it's a death sentence. And why? Because that was that was a man's property was his horse, and so it it it, it discouraged. Trust me, it discouraged from criminals, uh, criminals from 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 doing this. And and we are in an upside down world now, where we are calling criminals victims. And the left needs to stop this. It will be a losing battle for them. Because crime is indiscriminate. Criminals do not just target Trump voters, okay? Now, it might be that the FBI just targets Trump voters. <laughs> that, could, that does happen. <laughs> but criminals go, they'll, they'll break into a Democrat's house. Doesn't matter how much you vote for woke policies and criminal justice reform, how much you want zero bail. Criminal isn't going to look at your house. Oh, they've got one of those flags up that say, you know, I believe in science. These are good people. These are my people. I'm not going to break into their house. Uh Uh-uh. They're going to break into your house. They might even kill you. And because you're not armed and you're, you know, have all sorts of ideas about how the world works, you're going to be an even bigger victim, trust me, than the rest of us. So this is... You know, very happy with how the story ended. Unfortunately, somebody died, and that person died of their own stupidity. Now, speaking speaking of death by stupidity, some of these arguments that the Dems are using to protect and to explain away all these shady business dealings that Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and the Biden family were engaged in, this plea deal that certainly seems to implicate collusion between the FBI, the DOJ, the prosecutor in Delaware, all working together to protect the Bidens. The explanations here are astonishingly stupid, and they're factually, by the way, factually incorrect. I'll give you an example of that here when we come back. Don't go anywhere, folks. The What's Right Show will be back in just a minute. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash injury law because you deserve what's right.
Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Friends, welcome back to the What's Right show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Look, uh, these explanations given by simpatico Democrats protectors of the Biden family, but also, also make no mistake about it, also protectors of the deep state machine, because that's what this is all about. You got to protect all the assets in place because now they understand and, and even some Republicans understand how important it is to not run afoul of the FBI, of the DOJ, of the CIA, all these agencies that certainly have ways of getting at you if you cross them. So it's an existential fight, and that's why longtime Democratic insiders are giving various and convoluted explanations for what happened yesterday with this, with this case, with, 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 uh, with the Biden, uh, Hunter Biden plea deal. And I, I, one, I saw this interview that I, I wanted to share with you, well, a couple pieces from it, because it started off pretty straightforward and, and uh, along the same lines of what the defense has been related to this just being kind of a, a loving father looking out for a son, meaning Joe Biden's looking out for Hunter Biden. This is Claire McCaskill. She's a, a former senator uh, from Missouri, Democrat. And uh, this is what she was saying. She was on MSNBC last night with Jen Psaki, the former spokesperson for the Biden administration. Uh, listen to this. They're going to keep doing what they've been doing. Um, they are going to try to indict a father for loving his son who has been addicted to drugs and or alcohol and without evidence of the father doing anything other than loving that son. And that, I think, doesn't fly with most of the American people. I think, first off, I'm glad that Joe Biden's a loving father. If only he could also be a loving grandfather to all seven of his grandkids. Um but also, can, can wait a minute. What do you mean doesn't fly? I think the American people, as we are realizing what this was all about, understand that this was a criminal enterprise that benefited Joe Biden. This has nothing to do with Joe Biden helping his drug addicted son. This is Joe Biden taking advantage of his son and putting him out there as the face as the bag man for his bribe money scheme. Don't forget that text that that Hunter Biden sent to one of his kids, uh, to his daughter, and, and telling her, hey, you know, we got, trust me, hey, this is, this is a lot of work, you know, feeding this family and earning all this money for this family. Don't worry. Unlike Pop, referring to Joe Biden, unlike Pop, I'm never going to make you give me half referring to the arrangement documented in various emails, text messages, voicemails obtained on his laptop that indicate that the deal was that whatever money was charged for access to Joe Biden, Joe Biden would get half of it. So I think, I think the, the problem here is now this, this argument's getting a little tired with more information coming out. Now the, now the part here, the new part of the defense that I wanted to get to is Claire McCaskill starts talking about another defense 
here that the Dems are rolling out about the case against the Bidens and, and basically saying that this was all cleared up by Trump people. The Trump, Trump prosecutors have already absolved the Bidens, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, of any, of any Ill- illegal or nefarious even conduct. Listen to this argument. That small calcified circle of the Trumpers want to believe that somehow Joe Biden was involved in nefarious dealings, but there's no evidence. And believe me, if there was evidence, Durham, who was left in place, as you pointed out, by President Biden would have found it. And certainly Weiss, who was left in place by President Biden, would have found it. Oh, Weiss, the same David Weiss that was hiding in a diversion uh, a plan agreement, a blanket immunity clause that was discovered by the Trump judge. I love calling her the Trump judge because, by the way, that's what the left now is doing. The Trump judge, calling her that, Mary Ellen Noreka. No, she's thorough, and she went through the whole thing line by line and found that David Weiss, quote-unquote Trump appointee, was, in fact, hiding deep within the agreement, not in the usual place where it'd be, not in the plea deal itself, but in a, 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 the drug diversion portion of this, hiding a blanket immunity deal, a promise of blanket immunity. Oh, so it was that, David Weiss, that you're, 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 you're hiding behind? I mean, with all due respect to Senator McCaskill, how stupid does she think we are? And then she says, oh, and by the way, Durham, who is she referring to there? She's referring to John Durham, right? She's saying John Durham, uh, you know, he, 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 he reviewed all this and didn't charge anybody. John Durham's mandate was never to look into the Bidens. How dumb do these people think we are? His authority was into the origins of FBI's crossfire hurricane investigation. That was John Durham's mandate. You want to see? Um, you you want to see? Um, I don't know. I mean, I I'm I've got the Merrick Garland. I got the appointment here. So it's excuse me. It came before that. I, but I see the report and I see what the back and forth. I'm, I I pulled it up here. That's what it. I'm, this is a non-starter. And I almost feel like now it's, it's starting to, these, these people are starting to sound desperate. Now, the other part of this I love is how they're hiding behind Durham, even though Durham had nothing to do with looking into Biden's corruption scheme. And they're hiding behind David Weiss, their Trump appointee, and we're, he didn't find anything. And then, but then it, the judge who blew this whole thing up, now she's a villain because she's the Trump appointee. Here's a montage. Last 24 hours, all the usual suspects in the media, what are they calling this judge? Listen. Judge Mary Ellen Noreka, a Trump appointee, said she needed more information. Mary Ellen Noreka, a Trump-appointed federal judge. Judge Noreka, appointed by President Trump. Trump-appointed Judge Mary Ellen Noreka. Noreka, also appointed by Trump. Trump-appointed Judge Mary Ellen Noreka. Trump-appointed Judge Mary Ellen Noreka's questions about the scope and structure of the agreement ultimately led to it unraveling. Are we talking about... Everyone is scratching uh-huh. their head a little bit. We've seen this with a number of Trump-appointed judges. The judge, uh, uh, who is a Trump appointee, Mary Ellen Noreika, 
she's a Trump appointee. <laughs> the federal judge who's overseeing this, a Trump appointee, by the way. A Trump appointee. A Trump appointee. The judge is Trump appointed. She's a Trump appointed judge. Yeah, that's one way to disqualify what she's doing. So I need these, I need these lunatic leftists to pick pick one. Are you going to hide behind David Weiss, the U.S. attorney in Delaware, because he's Trump appointed and say that's a good thing? And then decide that the Trump appointed judge is a bad thing. I, I'm a, I'm a little lost here. So I, I I don't know. By the way, speaking of Democrats slowly getting away with murder, did you hear the news today about Sam Bankman-Fried? He's the disheveled, homeless-looking gent down in the Bahamas. Big fat kid, basically, who's. stolen billions, well, let's say millions of dollars, not billions, but millions and millions of dollars, was a top campaign donor to Democrats in the 2020 cycle. Prosecutors told the U.S. District Judge overseeing this case, Louis Kaplan, in a letter today that, um, that, that they were dropping portion of the case. This is astounding. They're just, yeah, they're, they're dropping incidentally. What charges do you think they're dropping? I'll wait. What do you think they're, guess what? The campaign finance charge was dropped. Now, why would they be dropping this? Well, perhaps they don't want to put him on trial and have to get into discovery related to how Sam Bankman-Fried was taking stolen, fraudulently obtained funds and funneling it to Democrats. Yet another example of the Department of Justice covering for the Democratic Party. Folks, I cannot overstate this. I am sick to my stomach of how politicized this DOJ is. I'm saying this as a lawyer, as somebody with deep respect for the rule of law, equal protection under the law, very important. And I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, 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 I have no words. But make no mistake, that is why they are doing it, protecting themselves. The swamp always comes first. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, you're listening to the What's Right show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. After a long, busy social week, my voice is on its last leg once again. This is uh, perhaps a little bit of a a little bit of a uh, a callback to when we were in the midst of the playoffs. Here, hockey was uh, fever pitch. Golden Knights advancing round after round, and I was in the uh, arena here cheering for the team and uh, eventually all the way to the last game where we won the Stanley Cup. And at that point, 
I basically uh, could not even barely, I could barely do the show. I sounded like I was going through a second puberty. It was, it was bad. And those of you who, who, who stuck it through and still listened to what I had to say, thank you. Because when this voice begins to go, it's, it's downhill. And it's dry now. It's hot. That doesn't help. Uh, so I'm trying to do the honey, the tea, the everything I can possibly do to keep my voice, uh, well, in, in ship shape. But it's, it's tricky. So forgive me, folks. It is what it is. I'm doing this, you know. I'm doing this with, with half my vocal cords tied behind my back. So the, the attacks, I, this is a great thing. Producer Robbie and I talking during the break. The, the attacks on Judge Mary Ellen Noreika, the federal judge overseeing the Hunter Biden plea deal case, expected to sign off on it. There was a script. There was an understanding. There was a wink-wink between the prosecution and the lawyers for the first son. They're going to slip in some immunity language, and then this whole thing was going to go away. And the judge, because she's thorough, decided to go through it. And also probably because she realized that this thing stunk to high heaven. So she asks some important questions, gets them to make some admissions, particularly boxes the government lawyers into a place where they can't say in defense of the blanket immunity proposal, they can't say, well, there's there's no further investigation because they're continuously going to Capitol Hill and testifying under oath, the DOJ is, and David Weiss has, and written letters to Chuck Grassley and others on the Hill, repeatedly saying there is this is a continuing investigation, and thus we here at the Justice Department, adhering to the highest moral and ethical legal standards, cannot comment on this, nor can we share these documents because they're part of an ongoing investigation, and they just do that in a loop. So the judge caught them. So, well, wait a minute, blanket immunity, so is there an ongoing investigation? Because you can't give blanket immunity if the investigation is ongoing. The full extent of whatever crimes are being alleged need to be all, it needs to be all done and wrapped. Don't hand out blanket immunity to people, it's not how it works. So, they got caught with their pants down. And now all of the attacks I played, Trump appointed judge, Trump appointed implying, of course, that she did what she did because she was appointed by Trump. I want to remind you all, back to, when was this, 2018, early 2018, when Judge Curiel, Gonzalo Curiel, uh, decided to put an injunction and was the first obstacle, legal obstacle to Trump building his border wall, his promised border wall that we all wanted. We voted for Trump because we wanted a damn wall. Well, remember he uh, decided to, uh, Trump decided to attack the judge and the left went bananas. How dare Trump attack a federal judge? How dare he go after him? This is, this is just beneath the dignity of the presidency, judges are sacrosanct. They act upholding the rule of law. Uh, this piece, I found this piece here. Trump's attacks on Judge Curiel are still jarring to read. Byron Wolf writing for CNN in February of 2018. Ha, huh. 
Well, Judge Curiel was a member of La Raza. Think that's a relevant fact? I don't think La Raza people are exactly fans of enforcing the borders. They actually think that California and much of the Southwest belongs to Mexico. (laughs) I have a better question. How did a guy who's a member of La Raza get appointed and confirmed to a federal judgeship? I kind of think that if you're uh, a predicate to being uh, in a, in a high-ranking federal position, particularly in the judiciary, you need to have some degree of loyalty to the United States and to our our the, our territorial integrity. I hate you know I'd hate to yeah I mean call me crazy. <laughs> so anyway, the point is it's so inconsistent. And Trump wasn't attacking Curiel because he was he was appointed by someone else or appointed by. I assume I would assume a Democrat, so maybe Bill Clinton or even Obama. But no, he was attacking him because he was a La Raza guy, and he's a he's basically a, Mex, Mex, a pro Mexico supremacist. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair that is a fair thing to do. So I'm 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 just again I'm just a little callback here to once upon a time when CNN did in fact defend federal judges. Okay, now speaking of the border, uh, there's an update. It, the, the, the thing, you know, the Texas case, the DOJ has now filed an injunction in the Texas Bowie case and demanding that a judge order the buoys in Texas to be removed. Now, why is this, why is this significant? Because a lawsuit is one thing. If they file a lawsuit, the lawsuit's going to make its way through the courts, Right? It's going to take time. Texas might have some you know, leeway to modify this border and see if, of ways to get around the argument. But an injunction asks for immediate action. And there is a federal judge somewhere who could grant that. And so, again, you have I wish I wish this administration acted with immediacy when it comes to protecting the border. The only place where they act in a speedy and efficient fashion is in fighting a state that is trying to make a difference and trying to secure the U.S. border. Speaking of Judge Curiel, maybe there's a judge that could rule on this who's a member of La Raza and believes that the southern border shouldn't exist, (laughs) believes that, you know, portions of Texas belong to Mexico. How about that? I'm absolutely disgusted by this. And and this and this I, I I do not think that we are in the minority of people that think that the border ought to be secured. So again, I think it's just a matter of of the administration acting with impunity doing and advancing its own radical agenda, the people that are surrounding Biden, including Biden himself, of course, radical left-wingers and they want to see mass illegal migration. They want to see misery. They want Texas overrun with illegal immigrants. They want to see Texas brought to its knees. They want to see Texas turn blue. It is that simple. And it is disgusting because what they are doing is they are sacrificing thousands upon thousands of lives that are going to be lost in the coming months and years. 
and they're spending their time in court taking down barriers and making it easier, thus making it more attractive for people to hire these human smugglers to get them across the border, and no doubt lives are lost in the process. Horrible. Absolutely foul. All right, we come back. Uh, California has some bad news. They're losing money. I'll explain to you why they're losing money, and then I will laugh for a couple minutes straight. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. We'll be back after the break. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to salmonashlaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. It's on the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, the only attorneys to trust for your injury claim in Nevada and California. Friends, Sam Rajofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, and it is wearing that mantle that I bring to you uh, some California news today. First and foremost, I need to, because I have an office in Newport Beach and a home there, a vacation home, I have to tell you, I I need to give a, a huge shout-out to the Newport Beach Police Department. Yesterday, uh, my wife and kids are are there on location, and my wife sends me uh, some, some, some info, apparently, uh, that a huge swarm of police uh, were, were in and around the Neiman Marcus store at Fashion Island, which is a Irvine Company-owned shopping center in the heart of Newport Beach. Many of you who have visited Newport over the years are familiar with this location. Now, this store, I have to tell you, this store has had more brazen daytime robberies occur in the last year and a half, two years since COVID, uh, than they've ever had in, in my entire life of, of, of living. I used to, you know, used to live uh, in, in Irvine uh, for many, many years. So I, I, I knew Fashion Island, spent a lot of time in Fashion Island. Never, have, never, never were there these, this, kind of, this kind of stuff. And people showing up, getting in the car, driving down from L.A. and pulling their hood nonsense in Newport. Now, the problem with these stupid criminals... <laughs> is that the stuff you can get away with in San Francisco, the stuff you can get away with in uh, L.A., you cannot get away with in Newport Beach, California. Let me explain why. I got a press release here sent to me by my friend who was with the department in Newport Beach PD. He was pretty tight-lipped about it with me, but he, he did uh, say this pretty much says everything you need to know, Sam. On Thursday, July 27th at 1.01 p.m., the NBPD Communications Center received a call from a witness reporting a potential robbery inside a business. Now, let me tell you what this consisted of. This is a great story, by the way. <laughs> so, there were two guys hanging out in a car that had a covered rear license plate. That was the issue, right? So there's, there's a person that was walking, or, you know, shopping, whatever, and saw a suspicious car. And what did they do? They called 911. And dispatch immediately sent out officers. Now, I've seen photos. People have been sending me, all my friends are sending me pictures. I got all, I got all these pictures. So apparently, 
um, the, a swarm of police showed up. Now, the, <laughs> they sent a canine team with a dog, right? They sent a police helicopter. They sent, I, it looks like from one picture, 10 police cars. One male was detained in the parking lot in front of the location. Another male was detained inside the store. An extensive search and evacuation of the business was conducted and is believed all suspects have been located and identified. No one was injured in the incident. There is no current threat to the public. The investigation is ongoing. The arrested persons, Calvin Maxwell Webb, 25, and Felton Lavoy Bins, 26, both residents of, you guessed it, Los Angeles, arrested on suspicion of conspiracy to commit grand theft. If you're not familiar with Neiman Marcus, uh, it also goes by the humorous title, Needless Markup. It's a very high-end department store where they have designer purses, uh, jewelry, things like that in the ground floor, right? The, the store is designed, there's, there's actually a, a Louis Vuitton boutique in this particular uh, Fashion Island uh, store that's right by the front entrance. And it's gotten, folks, the robberies have gotten so bad there that the Louis Vuitton boutique used to have its own entrance off the little plaza, the pedestrian plaza. And they've had to close that entrance down. They've shut it. I was there a few weeks ago. I saw this. They, they have, they've boarded it up, kind of trying to make it look pretty, but they've literally closed it to make only one in and out of the store through the department store itself, and they've got an armed garden there to protect purses. All because L.A. allows criminals to get away with almost basically everything. And then these goofballs think they can go down to Orange County and pull the same stuff. Well, guess what? I know the DA in Orange County he ain't putting up with this. So these these guys are these guys are going to go to jail and spend some time there. There's not going to be a no cash bail situation going on. Now, speaking of California, by the way, so again, I just want to give a huge shout out to Newport Beach PD for responding to this and for uh, doing um, their part to keep the community there safe. Now, California as a state, I love Newport. I like some of Orange County. Uh, the rest of California is, coastal California at least, is, is um, uh, screwed in a word. Uh, but I will tell you, this story just absolutely got I got it here in my stack of stuff. What a predictable result here. According to KTLA, California has lost, you ready for this? <laughs> California has lost more than three hundred million in tax revenue from wealthy residents moving. Well, who would have I am sorry who would have seen that coming? For the third straight year, the state of California has experienced a decline in population. Now that's that's not MAGA Republicans counting people leaving the state. That's according to the US Census Bureau. And many of these packing up and heading east are some of the state's wealthiest. Well no, no, no crap. Of course, it's the because we can get up and leave. It's easy. I sold my company in California, sold my house, and moved. And go and visit now. 
every once in a while. Visiting's fine. But I guess what? I love living in Vegas. I love the heat. I love it here. And every time that I'm a little bit hot or a little cold in the winter, which actually bothers me more, I think about, and I'm not going to tell you how much in dollars, but in the you know, 18% range of my income that was going to the state of California for what? For letting criminals out on the street? For telling me that I needed to be locked up in my house? For giving me my kids a worthless education? For having great roads and infrastructure? Ha! Huh. I wasn't getting my value out of the tax dollars. It wasn't about paying taxes. It was about what I was getting back for it, which was nothing. So you have a state that goes out of its way to make life for wealthy Californians miserable. And I certainly will tell you, based on my tax bracket and the, and the, the checks I was writing every year, I was in that group. Making our lives miserable. And I'm not being, folks, I'm not trying to be boastful here or anything, but I've been very successful and fortunate in my life, and I'm self-made, okay? My parents did everything to come to this country. They gave me a foundation, and I took it from there. But there was, there's something profoundly uh, that, that really bothered me fundamentally as I, as I would, would write these enormous tax payments to California. And I'm like, what am I getting back from this? You hate me. They literally wage war on the wealthy. They make life miserable for the wealthy. And they do, they, the politicians, Democrats in California, do everything possible to make life better for lowlifes. So why the hell would you be there? Look, at, look, look around Las Vegas and, and go, hey, I, you know, there's – and I'm not going to call people out by name that aren't public, okay? I, I know a number of very wealthy Californians. In fact, I ran – I ran into one such gentleman. Again, I'm not going to name him publicly, but I we we are we we go way back in Orange County, and he owns a phenomenally successful business. I would say he's probably worth oh, six hundred million dollars. I mean, he, he's I, I, and he may, it may be more than that. And I ran into him yesterday. I was at Ocean uh, Prime having dinner last night, and um, and with with some people from my Sam and Ash team, and and we it was. I'll tell you. I, I ran into him. It was nice to see you. I, I knew. I heard you moved. He goes, "Yep, I'm I'm loving here now, and I love it. Love Vegas. I should have moved sooner." I like. I know. Same. And we had a great talk, and um, and and it, 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 he's gone. He he took his money. He took his company, moved it, and, and left. There's another gentleman I know. I sit on the board of Chapman with him. Chapman University. He's moved to Las Vegas. And then think about the, some of the public people, right? Mark Wahlberg, for example, very public in his move, his divorce from California. And we all have something in common because when we, we all talk, right? We, you know, we, it's a certain level, you know, you know people. And I, I, I know what everybody says. It's, it's not the money for the taxes. It really wasn't about that. It is what we got back for it, which was nothing. It was a terrible deal for us living in California, spending all that money. And here, California is going, oh, how is this possible? What, oh, why, are, why, why is everybody leaving? And my answer to it is maybe if you operated your state more like a business where if you have your top customers paying into the piggy, you might want to try doing some nice things for them from time to time. But no, that is not how communists operate. They're confiscatory. 
and they're wealth hating. And now they can they've made their bed and they can they can go sleep in it. Sam Urchowski, News Talk 840 KXNT. Yes, yes, me, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. Back in a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings and welcome back to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. I am Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. And it is in this capacity as a public service to the state of Nevada and particularly to my new forever home, the city of Las Vegas, I provide this public service as a PSA that we here in Nevada need to make sure that we do not become another California. And that is why, that this is precisely why I talk about these stories out of California because they're, they're instructive. It's going to hell in a handbasket there. Now, the story I shared just before the break was California now, according to KTLA.com, has lost more than $300 million in tax revenue from wealthy residents moving. And this, of course, is a predictable outcome as a consequence of California's progressive war against the rich. It's progressive income tax policy, which, according to LA Times, um, consists of making those who earn more uh, pay more. And the LA Times, in a piece last year, in April, says that this policy was always intended to skew collection toward a relatively small number of taxpayers. That this group of high-income earners has grown in recent years, as is their total, as has their total tax liability. And this now, when you combine, this now presents, okay, you, it presents a, a real problem. Because in the state of California, and I'm going back to this, this is LA Times. Again, this is not, this is not coming from, you know, the, the New York Post or the Daily Mail. The LA Times itself acknowledged a year ago, as last year's budget was being put together, that basically about 100,000 taxpayers in California with incomes above $1 million, I was part of that group when I lived in California, I can tell you that. Uh, yes, uh, they represent only about one half of 1% of all tax returns filed in the state. So not even of all Californians, because all the takers, they don't file tax returns. You think the guy that has taken a dump in the middle of San Francisco, the homeless bum cracked out of his mind on fentanyl, laying in the street, passed out in his own feces, is filing tax returns? No, but the city of San Francisco, public services, the state are all spending Probably about fifteen to twenty-five thousand dollars on that person annually, at least. So, just of all tax returns filed, 0.5 percent of them pay about forty percent of all California personal income tax. So, it's this small group of people that California is wholly dependent on. You think that California has a forty-one percent budget surplus? meaning you think that that's just gravy on top or you think California needs that money. Well, you'd be right if you chose B. California needs that money. And what happens when these people get on their private jets, pack up their Malibu mansions, sell them, and say, here, California, here's one middle finger on my right hand. Here's 
a second middle finger on my left hand, and here you go. Go F yourself. I'm out of here. I'm moving to Nevada. I'm moving to Idaho. I'm moving to, to Utah, Texas, Florida, whatever it is. Now, I prefer people. I prefer those people, particularly if they understand just why they're leaving California and how bad their political choices were when they lived in California. If they've learned from their mistakes, I want them here in Nevada. If they haven't, please send them someplace else because I don't, don't California my Nevada. And I say that as a proud Nevadan convert. So this is, this is a problem. When California loses $300 million tax revenue, by the way, that could, realistically, we could be talking about, you know, honestly, a, 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 you know, a, a 500 people. All it takes is for 500 people to, to, to move, and all of a sudden, you've got a hole in your budget. It's, it's catastrophic. So this is, you know, it's still a small amount, right? There's a probably the, the, the they're saying that basically these 0.5% uh, put in about, you know, $3.53 billion. So $300 million is, is small, but it, it'll start to add up. So that's, that's, that's where this is headed. And but and, and they've built it this way, right? They've built dependence on a small group of people because Democrats are always crying about taxing the rich. Make the rich pay their fair share. <sighs> okay. Well, at some point, the rich are going to have it up to their gills and are going to move. The rich got rich usually because they're smart. And if they inherited it, they have money managers and advisors, tax professionals who tell them how to how to get around things. So the, the, the compact here is actually what's the most important thing in all of this beyond just the political component. The compact is always, what am I paying for the privilege to live in a particular state, in a particular jurisdiction, even in a particular country? And then two, what am I getting in return? How is my money being used? And if you look around you and, and everything's run perfectly well and, and, and beautiful and, and organized, um, I mean, I think, I think that this is, uh, you know, then, 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 then you feel good about the money you're putting in. You go, okay, my state's well run. When you look around, it's a bunch of raving lunatics that are, you know, the, the, and, and the roads aren't, aren't, you know, you have freeways in L.A. that frankly haven't been re redone or, or rebuilt in in since the 70s on ramps that are frightening there's 50 times the traffic in the same amount of lanes and you go okay 18 percent of my income going here to this state and they can't even fix the damn roads i'm telling you this this is i mean this this is this is big all right so we're not gonna let that happen here in nevada i'm on it I will, I will do everything I can. <laughs> I will do everything I can to be as vocal as I can. And, um, and I, I, I certainly, I don't know where, I, I think there's enough lunatic voters in California where it is not going to get better anytime soon. Now, quick uh, mention here before the break on the race. Uh, funny enough, uh, news today, RFK Jr. has revealed is saying that the Biden administration has denied his request for Secret Service protection out of after 88 days of no response. 
Now, of course, his own father was assassinated while he was running for president. But if you'll recall, two days ago, Hunter Biden showed up at his court hearing with a six-car motorcade, bunch of Secret Service agents and police. Protection for me, but not for thee, say the Bidens. And perhaps also not particularly keen on JFK Jr. running against the big guy, or Pops, as Hunter calls him. Mr. 50%. All right, quick break here. I have a clip to share with you that's circulating on the internet about some uh, young people talking to a trans woman, and this is fascinating, and I want to explain why. Don't go anywhere. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KX, you're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SamandAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. Greetings and welcome back to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, my voice hanging by a thread. I just got some a tea delivered here from Vesta Coffee next door to my office. Uh, Vesta is a local coffee shop now opening. I believe they've got a new uh, location that's going to be going into the Durango, the new casino over there by the 215 off Durango. It's um, I, I love Vesta coffee. So I, I, anyway, I've got I've got my Vesta tea here with honey in it, and I'm doing what I can, folks, to maintain my voice. But please forgive me and um, and your patience. I, I asked for. By the way, if you need to reach me, Sam at samandashlaw.com. Sam at samandashlaw.com. I do check my email periodically through the show, so I do I do look at that and I respond uh, when it's on topic and doesn't interrupt the flow of where I'm headed. So, uh, folks, I, I had a fascinating uh, tape uh, went on the uh, making the rounds on the internet. On socials, and uh, I, but not for the reason I'm fascinated by. Not for the reason that uh, it was intended uh, to be shared. I sounds kind of confusing. I'll explain here what I mean. There is a a person who on TikTok, although I saw it on Twitter as it was uh, kind of rebroadcast on other platforms, a person who appears to be female but is very clearly male. So this is somebody who is a self-declared trans female, deep voice. So again, I can't show you the video, but it is somebody who presents in a very effeminate way, but it's obviously a man. And this biological male is doing a live stream, some kind of a video, or making a video on TikTok. And I don't know if this is a trans influencer. I don't, I don't really know who this person is. It's actually wholly irrelevant. The only thing that matters is that the person is... Uh, but obviously male, and a couple of and, – and, and presenting female. And this person is filming a video at a restaurant. It appears to be an open-air patio-style restaurant. It's not indoors. A few late teens, early 20s, but young people – this is the most important part – but young men walk by. Now – they get into an exchange while this trans person is filming a video. And the exchange is 
interesting because um, they're the the kid. One of the kids apparently said, "Excuse me, sir." Okay, and the tr- trans person kind of in the first part of the video goes, well, "What do you what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean?" And the kid starts walking away, and this trans person wants to pick a fight with these kids about this you know misgendering event. And this is where the exchange, because there's a gap in it that doesn't make a lot of sense. There's not a lot of audio in it. They're kind of just staring at each other. This is where it picks up. Listen carefully. What do you What do you got to say? What do you got to say about transgender people? Yeah, go ahead. I didn't know he was trans. Go ahead. I did not know this man was trans. This, wait, what do you go by? What do you go by? Does it matter? It does, because I'm asking you. Say what you got to say. There's now, a lot the of people watching. Is, the real question is, it doesn't matter if you're transgender or not. Are you with that? Are you with the? Are you with the people that march and be like, "We're coming for your kids"? That's where it's bad. That's when it gets bad. What's your My name? name? JJ. And is is y'all thing a cult? It's like it's like LGBTTTL. Let me tell you, and I've been saying this now for a while. I think the T LGBT movement uh, is has has overshot its shot. I'll tell you, these, these, these young men that are talking to this person are not being rude. He literally says, it doesn't matter if you're transgender or not. Like, what do you, first off, he says, what do you want me to call you? Okay, what do you want me to call you? What are you? I'll, I'll call you. And, and the trans person wants to pick a usual fight. Does it matter? Well, it, the whole fight started about, it, about being called sir, so it, I guess it does matter. But the next question is, or the next statement that the, kid, that the third kid says, he goes, the real question, it doesn't matter if you're transgender or not. Are you with the people that march and be like, we're coming for your kids? That's where it's bad. That's where it gets bad. And the trans person wants to name these people and shame them and everything. But, but, and they, they flat out say, hey, I'm JJ. I'm, you know, but I think, I think this thing's a cult. Now, these kids are not white. They are not dressed in uh, cowboy hats and, uh, and boots. I'm not, listen, I'm just, I'm just telling you, as observations. These are uh, minority kids. These are people who don't appear to be very political, but they are, they do not like this movement. They're not coming at it with an agenda. They just don't want to see the marches where people are screaming in the streets, and we saw it. At a number of pride parades, one in particular, I think, was it New York, Robbie? Where they were yelling, we were coming for your kids. And they, he literally calls that out. So, it was the New York one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's exactly, yeah, and they were saying that. Confirmed. And these young people are paying attention to it. Because it's, it's not in the news, you think MSNBC played it on the news that the gays were out there? Not even the gays. It was the, it was the trans people that were out there going, we're coming for your kids. We're coming for your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. We're coming. Okay. Uh, uh, no. It didn't, get, it didn't get play on MSNBC. It got play on Fox. But these three kids, I don't want to judge a book by a cover, but I'm telling you right now, they don't watch Fox News. 
They're finding it on social. They're finding it online. They're finding it on TikTok. It's getting out there. The internet is a double-edged sword. There is an absolute conspiracy to keep important information from Americans, and it is the mainstream media colluding with the Democrats, with the left, to keep the truth from coming out. And we even know now that, as this news comes out about Facebook, we, we, know, we know we've got definitive proof. That was more news overnight about the Biden administration directing Facebook to take down posts and take down accounts. The reason they wanted to do that was they understand that social media is where they will lose the information war. But it's not about misinformation. It's about seeing things firsthand and understanding stuff. So the, this exchange here gives me so much hope. Now, Robbie, we didn't grab the, the ending of this. Maybe if you've got it, if you could shoot it over here and load it in the system really fast because then you had this trans activist start yelling at the cafe you know worker that's just like i guess a waiter or waitress you didn't you didn't come over here and you heard what these kids say with their transphobic comments and all the whole the whole universe just heard their quote-unquote transphobic comments which not transphobic at all they are criticisms of the trans agenda and we should be allowed to criticize the trans agenda. We should be able to do that. Yeah, Robbie, we don't. We're good. I think we don't. We don't need to necessarily get it. I. I just. It, that's how the. That's how the video ends. By the way. Oh, I can't believe you. You just stood by and didn't do anything. The woman says to the poor waitress who's probably got I don't know seven tables or ten tables that she's running around to, and 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 then she's like, I didn't hear anything, and then. Uh, basically, this 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 trans activist then pl- plays back the tape in the video that was put on TikTok and shows all the times that she was walking by. I, I, mean, I don't even know she she heard necessarily what was going on, but that's what this is. They just want to bully all of us and threaten all of us to not criticize this nonsense. And all we all we want as regular Americans that just you know we're, we want, I'm all for tolerance. But if you have an agenda that is looking to corrupt kids and mess kids up and confuse kids at a vulnerable time in their lives, I'm done. That's game over. We, we're not, we're not, we're not, homie, don't play that. And that's where I draw the line. So, by the way, yesterday, uh, th- this stuff is all current too because yesterday, I'll get into this next. There was some testimony in the House, House Judiciary Committee one of the UPenn swimmers, one of the teammates, Leah Thomas, you know, the, the boy that was not swimming very well, was fine, never winning anything. Then he becomes a woman. Then he suddenly begins winning a bunch of races. Uh, and, 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 and this is, this is – that in and of itself is a sad story. But there's some, there's some really moving testimony about what the girls, the biological females, had to endure – while having this man on their girl's team. I think you want to hear this because it's, it's unsettling. I'm, I'm a girl dad. I have two girls. If this happened to my girls, 
go in there with a the baseball bat. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Be back in a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Coming to you from beautiful downtown Las Vegas, Sam Rajofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. And here is the What's Right show. You're listening to it now. I... um. And Robbie uh, pulled, ended up pulling the clip here uh, during the break. How that exchange between these young people walking by a trans woman calling this person, sir, the trans person. Oh, what did you call me? What did you call me? And uh, and and the kid first one well, first kid goes, I didn't know you were you. I didn't know you was trans. I'm now this is. Direct quote, I didn't know you was trans. Kid two, I didn't know this man was trans. Wait, what do you go by? And the trans person, well, does it matter? Well, it, yeah, it does matter because you, you know, you, uh, you're making an issue of it. But the second kid then says, it does because I'm asking you uh, to tell me what I, I need to say. And then uh, kid three goes, the real question, it doesn't matter if you're transgender or not. Are you with the people that march and be like, we're coming for your kids, referencing the viral scenes from the gay pride parade in New York City. And the kid goes, that's where it's bad. That's where it gets bad. Trans guy, what's, what's, your, what's your name? What's your name? What's your name? Okay. Then he decides, this, this, this vile person decides to bring in and accost the poor waitress. By the way, if you work in food service, you have the toughest job. I, oh, I, I, I mean, I, I tell you, I will go to the mat for you. And I'm one of those people, like if I see somebody abusing a, a waiter or waitress in a restaurant, I, I'm, I'm likely to get in their, their face and start giving them a piece of my mind. I detest it. So here is what he turns around. He, he tries to, once the kids leave, he tries to bring them in and, and totally mischaracterize what was on the video. Can I ask quiet and step in? What you were standing and watching? They called me a pedophile. They were verbally harassing me. I, I didn't hear him call you that. I didn't know. I honestly had no idea what conversation you were having. They call you a pedophile. They said stay away from the kids. It doesn't mean you're going to diddle the kids. It means you're going you're gonna to get their heads turned around with your nonsense. There aren't 300 genders. Gender isn't fluid. That's the stuff we want away from our kids. And you know what else we want away from our daughters? penises in the dressing rooms, in gyms. Here is Paula Scanlon, former UPenn swimmer, forced to change in front of Leah Thomas, trans swimmer, yesterday in the House Judiciary Committee. My teammates and I were forced to undress in the presence of Leah, a six foot four tall biological male, fully intact with male genitalia, 18 times per week. Some girls opted to change in bathroom stalls and others used the family bathroom to avoid this. When we tried to voice our concerns to the athletic department, we were told that Leah's swimming and being in our locker room was a non-negotiable and we were offered psychological services to attempt to re-educate us to become comfortable with the idea of undressing in front of a male. I can't use profanity on air, but I swear, I swear on my children's lives, if I 
had this happened to any one of my kids, particularly my daughters, I, I tell you, I, 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 there are things I would say and there is violence that I would unleash. This is so foul. This poor young woman. This is disgusting. The left has abandoned women completely. Her testimony continued. As an attempt to voice my concern about the situation we were forced into, revealing the unjust and unfair treatment, I wrote an op-ed for the Daily Pennsylvanian, the student-run newspaper. I approached this from a scientific, statistical perspective where I used my engineering background to discuss how Y chromosomes cannot be changed by any surgical procedure or systemic therapy. This biological fact lends itself to athletic advantages that cannot be mitigated by lowering testosterone levels, which are readily apparent in sports competitions and locker rooms. The Daily Pennsylvanian published my article on the evening of February 10th, 2022. Only a few hours later, my piece was retracted. I was given no notice nor reasoning. Again, I was silenced from my dissenting viewpoint and felt my First Amendment rights were denied by my university. Yeah, and by the way, um, she's right. Now listen, um, the problem here is that you can't have a dissenting viewpoint. Otherwise, you're transphobic. You're a trans-hater. You're uh, a bigot. You're a homophobe. This is ridiculous. In no world is it appropriate for a guy to walk in with a schlong in a girl's locker room. Where have we come to on this? I cannot be the only sane person in the entire universe. (laughs) Representative Wesley Hunt, Republican Texas, echoed some of my frustration yesterday in his response to the uh, young woman testifying. Listen to this. Ms. Scanlon, my daughters are going to watch this because you have become their new hero. And I can assure you that my four-year-old and my two-year-old daughters will not change in front of biological men. This is ridiculous. I don't care what party you are a part of. If you think that we are all equal and the same biologically, you've literally lost your mind. And when my two daughters work hard in the sport, work hard in their craft to be the best that they can be amongst other women, they will compete against other women. So wait a minute. This young lady, along with all the other young women on this, on this swim, swim team at UPenn, they're, they're uh, competing, by the way, a very high-level sport, right? It's a mental sport. It's not just physical. And they, the school is telling them, oh, you have a problem? With this guy swinging his schwanz all around the, uh, the, 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 the dressing room? Tough. Let's sit you down with a psychologist here to explain to you why you're wrong and why you're bigoted. Just wrap your heads around that. And what do the Democrats say, by the way? Representative Steve Cohen, Democrat, Tennessee, um, responds in this hearing this way. And uh, I, I, I mean, this is hilarious. I mean, this, the, the Dems are absolutely delusional. Transgender people have been around for a long time, and they have rights, and they need to be respected. I read Ms. Scanlon's testimony. I wasn't here to hear it, and I think Penn didn't deal with your situation like they could have and should have in putting up some type of different barriers in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the women's area of, of the locker room. But that's another, another issue. Oh, so now we – oh, wait, it's, we've moved the goalposts. Well, we should respect trans people, trans women or women, right? Hey, pff, you've declared yourself a woman, you're a woman. 
doesn't matter if you've got a giant, you know, male member between your legs, waving that thing around, getting erect, looking at girls changing. Yuck. No. Oh, here's a new idea. Let's just, oh, let's just make a separate locker room. Well, yeah, okay. You, oh, you, you, you bring that up now? That's not what this is about. You pen literally told, no, said no separate locker room, no accommodation, no anything. Here, we're putting a guy in the girls' locker room. This is indefensible, people. It's time we wake up. And thank God, and I use not the Lord's name in vain because I literally am thankful to God that the Republicans are in Congress and getting this, this, this smut on the record for the world to see what these lunatics are doing to our young people and to our society. The best antidote for this is daylight. May these Republicans continue to put daylight on this as much as possible. Because this is a fungus. This is like disgusting. And this transgender agenda needs to stop. Get get out of locker rooms. Get out away from our schools. Get away from the kids. Go do your thing. We, we, we respect you. We leave you alone. But no, this, this is not the way to handle it. And it's, it's literally heartbreaking. All right, friends, uh, that's it. I've lost my voice. I'm at my, I, it's not even sounding like me anymore. I'll be back next week. I'm going to rest this weekend. You do the same. See them here Monday. Enjoy your weekends. Be cool out there. Temperature's still pretty high in Vegas, so it's, uh, it's going to be toasty here. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Have a great one, folks.